Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God special edition of Run Club. (laughs) You know, our goal here is to share our passion for elite running and offer some tips to make your running better than ever. And we do that uniquely by sharing the views of a certified coach and an athlete. And today we're going to recap the USA Olympic Marathon Trials. And then we're going to talk about the one thing you need to know. Have you ever wondered what the secret is? (laughs) We're going to share it today. I am your host, Dean Thompson. Uh, joining me today, again, is my favorite running conversation partner, Co Booker. How's it going, Co? Good. How are you doing? Just right. How are things in uh, up there in the cold air in uh, Iowa? It's been great. The weather has been awesome. We've had the like, low 50s for the high for the past, past couple days, so it's unseasonably warm. <laughs> nice. Well, I just ran a marathon a couple of days ago, and the weather could not have been better. It was like low 50s, a little bit of a drizzle. I mean, it was absolutely perfect. So, And you ran a four-miler this week, too, didn't you? Yeah, the weather turned out pretty great for that. It was, I don't know, 37, 38 degrees. It was nice. (sighs) Um, There was a little bit of wind, but it was a pancake flat course, so it made up for it. That's awesome. Well, did the marathon trials live up to your expectations? Yeah, Um The men's race went about as expected other than, I mean, I guess everyone always thought the race for third was open um, and there were a bunch of guys who had a shot. The women's race was probably more exciting just because of, you know, there were a couple names that people didn't really have on their radar coming into it who both made the team. Yeah, I don't think two of them, we didn't even, I don't even think we mentioned their names. Yeah, (laughs) sounds about right. Uh, So, yeah, sometimes you just swing and miss. (laughs) Well, you know, the Olympic trials, though, have been a surprise. Every time I've watched them, they've always been a surprise. There's always, and I think that's what makes them so much fun to watch, right? Yeah. Uh, well, marathon, such a long distance, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's fun to watch the story unfold. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of drama, as you mentioned, for the first two spots, really in either race, even though one of them was a surprise on the women's side, there wasn't a lot of drama over the last you know, a few kilometers. Yeah. But the battle for third was epic on both sides, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and the weather, you know, the weather turned out kind of like we thought. It was, it wasn't crazy warm. It could have been worse, but it was still, <laughs> it still got over 70 degrees. Uh, the humidity was really high early in the morning. It calmed down a little bit during the day, but man, you could see that they were, they were grabbing those sponges every water stop, weren't they? Yep. Yeah. So consequently, there were a lot of dropouts and a lot of big names uh, on the men's side. Abdi Abdi Rahman, who was shooting for his fifth Olympic team, which is just crazy. Guy's 47 years old and was running with the leaders for, I don't know, almost half the race. It's crazy. Uh, Sammy Chalanga, he, he dropped out. Paul Chalimo, the late edition, he, he dropped out. Scott Fobble, who was, he was on a lot of people's card to, to finish in the top three, uh, dropped out early. Uh, I never heard exactly what happened to him, but must have been something pretty bad because he uh, he dropped out early. And then Jake Riley, who made it in Atlanta, uh, wound up dropping out as well. Uh, on the women's side, Kira D'Amato, I mean, the, the names don't get any bigger than that because uh, I think we all thought she had a great shot. We also thought uh, Betsy Sena had a shot. I had both of those in my top three, and uh, both of them dropped out. And then, of course, Molly Huddle dropped out. I don't think... Jenny Simpson dropping out was a big surprise, uh, but it's a big name. Um, but then Alephine Tuliamuk, too, 
um, who has been on the Olympic team, uh, didn't finish. So lots of names dropped out. Uh, and then of course on the, on the men's side too, you had, uh, Rupp who he looked fairly good early, but then, I mean, it, it, it wasn't real late in, or real, yeah, it wasn't late in the race before he started dropping back and, um, he was pr- out of it pretty early, right? He, and I think he dropped back. He still finished 14th, but that was crazy. Yeah. And I, I get, seen, seemed like when Panning made his move to separate, uh, it was him, Clayton Young and Connor Mance from the rest of it. Rupp was kind of finished at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. When somebody picked it up, I think maybe he was maintaining when somebody picked it up, it was over. Yeah. But it, I think that tells you that the conditions were probably worse than they looked like they were, right? <laughs> You know, a lot of times, seriously, you, you look, I ran a race a couple of years ago at, uh, in Tallahassee and it just, the weather didn't seem that bad, but people were suffering in a bad way. Uh, it was obviously worse than it uh, looked like it was. And that's, that's what it looked like here. So let's talk about the men's side first since they were, they started first. You know, that's how my brain works. They started first. So I have to talk about them first. Uh, the, the pack shrunk faster than I thought it would. Kind of after that first 10K, when Zach Panning took off, uh, the, uh, a few guys went with him, and and um, I, I think you called it. You you called Zach, didn't you? Yeah, I I thought he had a really good shot at making the team. It didn't seem like anyone was given the the 12th place finisher in Budapest the respect he deserved, and he went for it. Um, he just didn't quite have it in the last couple of miles. Man, he gave himself every chance. It was fun to watch, yep. wasn't it? Yep, it was awesome. You gotta love a gritty performance like that. And I felt so bad for him as, yeah. as, as he lost that third place spot. Man, he deserved better. Uh, I think he, what did he find up finishing sixth? I think that sounds about right. Yeah. But Connor Mance and Clayton Young finished one, two. They looked fantastic for the entire race. Of course, over that last, uh, kilometer too, <laughs> Young, Young was giving high fives and, I mean, he looked like he could have gone a lot faster, actually. Uh, is, that, is that the way you felt about it? Yeah, I even listened to one of his post-race interviews where he said it's, I don't remember where it was, but at some point in the race, Connor told him, like, I need you to help me here. And he was like, and he, he said he made the calculation. He was like, well, I could, you know, it's probably not going to help my chances of winning, but I kind of want Connor on the team with me. So, uh, yeah, I'll take the lead. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. And, uh. Uh, they, they looked really good. And yeah, you could tell Mance was hurting a little bit more than him, but, um, but they both, they both looked pretty good. Uh, do you, do you think in the end they should have just kind of held hands and tied or do you think that was the right thing for, uh, for him to do to back off and let Mance win? Yeah, I don't know. I think if I was him, I probably would have tried to take the win. You know, yeah. Cause he, uh, he carried Connor for so long, but I think more of it was kind of just his way of telling Connor how much he respected him respected him even though he was having a tough day absolutely i thought it was a classy move regardless even if i wouldn't have done it <laughs> yeah yeah i think i would have secured the extra 20 grand but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um and I, you know i don't know how much you know they, they train with jared ward and uh, jared ward of course is is pretty famous for running really well at the olympic trials and uh, i wonder how much being able to hack his brain a little bit helped him what do you think yeah, I mean, having a guy with that much experience in your corner has got to help. Um, this was both their first uh, marathon trials, so it had to be somewhat of a nervous experience for them, even if they were the two favorites coming in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's great to see those two guys. Those two guys are friends. They've been training together for a long time. They went on mission trips. You know, both of them are part of the LDS church, and 
Uh, they both gained weight while they went out on mission trips and, uh, <laughs> and came back to, to running and running well. Young was in the last Olympic trials. He finished 136th. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's crazy. 136th to second. Uh, that was pretty impressive. Um, and I didn't realize that they were sponsored. I guess I, I, I may have assumed they both were sponsored by Nike, but they're not. Mance is sponsored by Nike, but uh, Young is an Asics guy. I thought that was great. I, I like to spread it around. Oh, yeah. Uh, so many times it's been all Nike in the past, so uh, I, I like to see it spread around. Uh, but that battle for third, what was your favorite part of that battle? Was it just watching Zach Panning just try to give it all he's got? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty bummed with the NBC coverage because they didn't show the battle for third at all. It was, it was kind of <laughs> just, it was just like you didn't see, you saw panning with Kibet coming up on his shoulder with about two and a half miles to go. And then they had, they had in the full screen at the finish, Manson Young. And it seemed like Lee Diffie didn't even realize that career had passed Kibet because he was still saying Kibet until he looked up and saw it was career instead. Um, so it would have been nice to actually see that the race going on for third more, but, um, yeah, I mean, I wish I could have seen Career's, uh, Career's heroic effort to come back on Capet, too. I do, too. I wonder exactly where he passed him and, and that kind of thing. Yep. But, man, yeah, well, that's not the first time we've been disappointed with the coverage on television. The, the folks that, <laughs> the folks that make those decisions clearly cannot be runners, you know, uh, because they'll get focused on something that, Ah, runners just don't care about <laughs> and sacrifice some big moments in the race, but it's all, it's good. I mean, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad that they it was on television, so we could watch it. So yeah. I, I'm not complaining. Um, so uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Elkanah Cabet. You know, he he looked good, and I, I was kind of hoping he was going to get that third spot just because he's 39 years old. And you know me, I'm always rooting for the old guys because I am one. So, uh, <laughs> I like that, but, uh, career, you know, he had finished third, I mean, fourth in the last Olympic trials. And I, I'm thinking he had some PTSD, some flashbacks and, uh, <laughs> was able to come in strong yeah. there yeah. at the end. And he was really nice about, you know, he was kind of, kind of real complimentary of the army team and, and how the army has really helped him. Uh, I thought that was nice to hear. Uh, so many times athletes take that kind of thing for granted, but I, I don't think he does. And that was good to hear. But he may not get to run in Paris, right? We only have two spots that are guaranteed at this point. So we know the first two guys are going, but we're not sure about career. Uh, and we may have to wait as late as May 5th to find out. What do you think the chances are uh, of us getting that third spot? Uh, I haven't looked exactly where he sits. If you pull out um, everyone that, isn't in the top three in their country, but I believe he's relatively safely in the top 80 right now, which is, that's right. That's where they're capping the field, right? It's 80. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I think he's got a good shot. Um, but it's just kind of a waiting game and see what happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. Depends on what happens this spring in the marathons this spring, I guess. But to your point, uh, it doesn't matter how many Kenyans and Ethiopians run fast. Uh, they've already got their three spots. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 and Japan, Japan's, I'm sure they've got their three spots. Yep. So it's all about the other countries. So we'll have to see how it goes. I, I hope we get three. That's just a shame for a country like the United States to only get two. What do you think the issue is in men's marathoning that we can't seem to get there? 
I don't know. I'm, I was looking back last night, um, at, you know, previous results and, you know, it was like Ryan Hall ran 204 in, what was it, 2006? Is that right? I don't remember what year it was, earlier but yes. It might have been even early in that. And it just seems like we haven't had anyone even come like close to that in forever. Well, um, I remember, uh, Alberto Salazar running 208 back in the early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, before this, uh, you know, surge of the women's world record, our women were very competitive too. They were slowly inching up, getting close to where they could compete for major titles. Now it seems maybe a little further away. Um, but yeah, but they're definitely further along than the men are. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, talk about the women. We expected a great race because there's so much depth on the women's side. I mean, it was really difficult to try to figure out what was going to happen on the women's side. Well, sure enough, y- you would think with so many really really good runners, solid runners, that you wouldn't have a first-time marathoner <laughs> to win the thing. But that's exactly what happened. Fiona O'Keefe just kind of, I don't want to say she came out of nowhere because people knew who she was. And to give some people credit, there were a few people that, that brought her name up, but nobody thought she could win, I don't think. Maybe her coach. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's about it. But this is kind of reminiscent of the last Olympic trials, right? Yeah, um, except for this time, the marathon debut won. You know, that's yeah. really the only difference between her and Seidel. So may, maybe that means she'll get gold in Paris. In yeah, <laughs> that's right. That <laughs> um, <makes sense. laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it was it was a super cool story. Uh, it was it was really fun to watch her race. Do you think there's a little bit of pressure on her to kind of duplicate what Seidel did now? You think she'll feel that? Uh. I feel like the media is going to be talking about that a lot. Um, yeah. Every interview she takes, it's going to be trying to reference her to Seidel. So she's going to have a tough time separating herself from that. So For be- sure. Well, she took off at 18 and just, I mean, she really looked strong. I mean, all the way through. She ran 509 at mile 25. I mean, she, <laughs> that's, that's crushing it. Yeah. She negative split um, on a day when it's hot. That's hard to do. Uh, you typically have a lot of positive splits on a day when, when things are, are warm. Uh, but I'll, t- to give Sisson credit, Sisson finished second. Um, she was my pick to win it. She finished second, but she also ran a 510 mile 25. So it's not like she was fading. Um, she was still finishing really, really strong. And so do you think that she thought O'Keefe would come back to her and that's why she let her go? Uh, I doubt it. I think she, she knew. They had it. She was locked in the in the top three, and um, her goal is Paris. Her goal was in Orlando. So yeah. she's just like, ah, I've I've already locked the team. I'm I'm fine with cruising here and save me a couple weeks on the recovery. That's a good point. Good point. Well, it was great for Sisson to make the team because she was expected to make the team in Atlanta, uh, and then didn't finish. So uh, to to see her have a, a good race was good. She was kind of in the early stages of the race. She was tucked way back there. Uh, and you were wondering, kind of, you know, is she looking good? Does she feel good? What's what's going on with her? Uh, but then when she broke out, she she looked pretty good. So uh, now she has made the Olympics in the past in the ten thousand, uh, but this is her first time on the marathon team. So that'll be great. And of course, again, like we said before, third place was another really great battle. We saw more of that battle uh, <laughs> on the women's side than yep. we did the men's side. Uh, I guess because they weren't trying to follow two races at that point, but. Yep. Um, for a long time, oh, it sure did look like Sarah Hall had a shot at it. Oh man, she and she looked good. She looked strong. Um, uh, she faded a little bit there 
toward the end. Um, and I hated it. I was sure hoping she could, uh, she could pull it off, but, um, man, Sarah Hall, 40 years old and still just hanging with the, some of the best runners in the world. It's, it's just awesome. Just awesome. Of course, not to be outdone, Caroline Rotich was in that third spot for a while there. Um, you know, she's been around for a long time too. Not quite as long as Sarah. Of course, I don't know that anybody's been around as long as Sarah Hall, you know, cause she came on the scene so early, um, and she's here so late. So, but she, Caroline Rotich was battling with Dakota Lindworm, who, you know, I, we had mentioned her name, but you know, we hadn't, neither one of us thought she had a serious, uh, uh, shot. Um, uh, she was one of those that like, yeah, if she got in the top three. We could see it, but it would surprise us a little bit. And sure enough, yeah. uh, what did you think of that battle? Was that fun to watch? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was just straight grit from her. You know, she decided she was going to be the one to make the team, and no one else was going to stop her. How, how about that look on her face when she crossed the finish line, too? Yeah, that was that was probably just as good as career's celebration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were both excited. Yeah, yeah, they were. That that was that, I I love to watch that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on the women's side, first and third were both Puma athletes. So I don't know what it is with Puma and the women, but their Puma is, is going after some of the best women in the world. Isn't Abby Steiner a, a Puma athlete too? I believe Abby Steiner is Molly Seidel sponsored by Puma now. Wow. Wow. They're, uh, they're putting together some pretty good athletes. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so if you're counting, it was Puma two, Nike two, New Balance one and Asics one. So, uh, that, uh, that's kind of how it broke down. The other thing, the one that surprised me maybe more than any other on the women's side was Jessica McLean finishing fourth. She ran a yeah. four minute PR. <laughs> that's nuts <laughs> in those conditions, right? Yeah. Um, just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, it had a huge day on the biggest yeah. stage. Yeah. Of course, my, my long shot picks were, of course, I, I put career as, as my kind of, Long shot pick. I don't know if that was a legitimate long shot pick, <laughs> you know, uh, but Emily Durgan was the other one and she was in it for a long time. And that, in that third, you know, she was around that third spot until late. Um, but, but she, she did pretty well. I think she faded to eighth. So let me ask you this. What do you think is going to happen in Paris? How do you think the United States is going to fare in Paris? Yeah. I mean, that's a tough question. The last time we put, uh, a full team together that was, you know, a, a competitive team with our best women was Eugene, it seems like. Um, and they were great. I think I, I remember seeing someone, if you scored it like a cross country meet, the U.S. would have won. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe that's right. Um, so wow. I, I think we've got a good shot. It'll be interesting to see. There's kind of a couple people who seem like they're new to the scene. It's not quite as much of a veteran group as we had in Eugene. Um, yeah. So It'll it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Well, now Linworm, she has run a number of marathons. Yeah. So she has some some uh, experience, just not on a big stage like that. Yeah. Um. So th- I hope to see her do well. Of course, uh, man, I'd love to see O'Keefe do what Seidel did last time and just and run even better in her second marathon. Yeah. That would be great to That'd see. Be great. So, so you th- what do you think our chances are for a medal on either side? Uh, if I had to put a percentage, uh, on the men's, um, I would probably say less than 10%, I think. Um, yeah. I just don't know if the men are competitive enough on the, the world stage right now to do it. Like, Mance or Young or, um, Career would have to have a huge, huge day. Another, you yeah. know, 
I don't know if it's going to be fast, but if it would say if the conditions were great and Paris was a fast course, it would be, you know, probably worth a 203 to medal, I would think. Um, but I think I think Paris is going to be a hilly course, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's hilly. I, I, I guess I'm I'm saying not that Paris can be fast, but if you were to put that race on a fast course, it would take the effort of a 203 some, somewhere around there. I mean, who knows what yeah. that's going to end up being on the day. But um, I yeah, I see what you're saying. Any of those three guys competing with the top men um, on the women's side, I think we got a better shot. I mean, I would put it, I don't know, maybe 30, 35 percent. Don't you see Connor Mance, though, being a – I mean, they, the guy is so gritty that uh, if it turns out to be kind of a tactical thing, I could I could see him getting in the mix. Back to that, what you're talking about, though, his chances are still low, but I like his chances on on the men's side better than uh, the other two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be interesting to watch. Do you need something to keep you motivated and to keep fit both physically and spiritually? Upward Sports Run for God Run Club has just what you need to keep you on track for both. Check out runforgod.com and join us today for pennies a day. You won't regret it. All right, so we're back. Now, um, I read a book. Back in it was written back in 2005. I read it sometime back then. It was a book by a guy named Marcus Buckingham. It was called "The One Thing You Need to Know," and it got me to thinking: What is the one thing you need to know about running? You ever thought about that, Co? Uh, no. I mean, I, it's it's a hard topic. It's, it seems like it's so complex yet so simple. It's hard to boil down into the one thing. You know, that that's running in a nutshell, right there. Yeah. So simple yet so complex, or so complex yet so simple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I have a few things I think are the most important things to know. So I I just kind of put this list together. You can add some in here and uh in a little bit and comment on these. But um, here's some of the things that I think are important for you to know. And I'm gonna finish with the one thing that I think is the most important thing to know. So first of all. Training plans are comprehensive. In other words, what I mean by that is it's important that you follow a training plan. There's not one training plan that's right and one training plan that's wrong, but a training plan is comprehensive, meaning that it has a story that unfolds during that that training plan. And what I see people doing is I see they like the way this workout looks from this plan. They like the way that workout looks from that plan. And they put these things together and it doesn't go together. So, you know, when you were in high school, you know, obviously it was at a lower level because, you know, we, we didn't run the miles and stuff you did in college. But did you see the plan and, and how were those plans different between your high school running and your college running? Um. A lot of stuff we did was pretty similar. Uh, it was, I mean, I think I've, we've always done threshold stuff. Uh, we did a lot more with the the coach at my college, my freshman year. We did a lot more steady state runs, yeah, which kind of almost harkens back to similar to you know what Alex Gibby is employing at Harvard with his maintenance based stuff. Um, but a lot of threshold, um, and then some some faster stuff if you're if you're feeling healthy. Yeah, yeah. So this is the way I look at it. If you picture a staircase. A good training plan is like a pristine staircase. It's got all these stairs at predictable intervals. Um, and you can occasionally skip a step or you can go back and hit one. But, but you, you can't 
put large objects on the stairs and expect to just sprint up the top to the top of the stairs. You also can't pull out a couple of stairs and replace them with a different stair <laughs> and make that work. It just doesn't do it, right? Um, and that's what a lot of people do. So um, you, you got to pick a plan, go with it. Don't take double thresholds from the Norwegians and marathon pace runs from Canova and think all this is going to fit together because they're two completely different philosophies. So uh, under the right circumstances, you know, you may be able to use something from other plans, but the training pro- program has to be designed all together. So find a training program and stick to it. Um, the next thing I want uh, that I think is important for you to know is that most people run their easy runs too hard and their hard runs too easy. Um, what, has that been your uh, what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's it's even harkens back to how a lot of people race, where they positive split everything, they go out way too hard. Um, I I don't normally I haven't had that issue. I mean, it seems like my easy pace has been the same for the last six years. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll touch stuff a little faster now if I'm feeling good, but I've been running around seven flats for probably five or six years at this point. But you've gotten faster. Yeah. Which tells you you are probably running a little bit too fast, perhaps five years ago, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it is a true thing, though, and I see a lot of people that do this uh, the wrong way. So uh, back off on your easy runs. If, if you're – let's say you are a seven-minute guy and that's what your training pace is, you know, it's okay, and I know you've done this because I've seen it. You know, it's okay to, to run 7.45 pace one day. Um, it's okay to run slower than that even. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to run really slow when your body needs it. Now, don't use it as an excuse and always run too slow because that won't be good for you. I think the pacing charts are pretty good. Um, I think that the, the ranges, Usually it'll give you a 45 seconds to a minute range mm-hmm. of what like an easy run should be. And I think that range is usually pretty good. Uh, and you're probably right in that range, I would guess. So, yeah. Uh, the, the next thing I think is important is periodization is important. You know, periodization is the idea that you train for a particular thing. You let that you let your body adapt to it. And then you move to another thing. So in, in my case, my coaching philosophy um, is that we basically we start doing things long and relatively slow and we move to short and really fast. And the way we do that, you know, we try to we try to develop one system early. And then once we get those adaptations and that's working, then we move on to the next thing. Um, and that's the way it works. That's called periodization. Um, did you guys in college, you guys ever modify your training because you were either behind or ahead of schedule? Yeah, I remember one year in particular, uh, we had our distance group had a pretty terrible indoor track season. Um, and it, I, there was, you know, we were all trying to figure out what was going on. But from that point on, we shifted ahead of time to where instead of doing a lot of sharpening stuff later in outdoors, we started, you know, in March and April early stuff doing doing a lot more sharpening um yeah yeah and that's that's all based on that's from a coaching standpoint you know i'm i know that uh you know sometimes athletes i don't know if they get tired of me watching them run but you know that's why you do it you know that's why 
I, I've seen, um, you know, some coaches who will run, do some workouts with their athletes. And I, I can't do that because I need to be, wa- I need to be able to watch. Yeah. I need to be able to see what's taking place because I need to see if they're too tired, uh, or if they've got more in the tank because that's, I think that's going to be important moving forward. So, uh, yeah. So periodization, um, is important. Here's another one. And I've seen this debate over and over again, and I will die on this hill. <laughs> Mileage matters. People do not pay any attention to the people who tell you you can get there on less miles. Don't fall for it. It is not true. Now, a lot of people have a limit, and some people's limit is way higher than others. Some people, you know, the best they can do is, you know, say 60 miles a week. And once they get past that, their body starts to break down. If that's you and that's your limit, that's great. That's fine. I'm just saying, if you've got a higher limit, do more miles. It's, it's bottom line. It's, the, it's just that's the way it is. Do you find that in your own training? Yeah, I, I mean, I do. I, I think the, the biggest performance jump I made uh in running in a while was from my senior high school to my freshman year of college. And that was solely just because I was running more miles. I mean, I did a lot of things my in college that I didn't do in high school that allowed me to handle it. You know, I mean, we did a lot of lifting, um, a lot of strength training. I did a lot more, uh, stretching and just general recovery after runs and trying to think, be mindful about like what I'm eating after a run, you know, how, how early I'm getting protein in after workouts. But yeah, I mean, the more you run, the better you'll be at running. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I know there's there's somebody out there listening are going, well, what about Parker Valby? She's the outlier. She is not the average. And she does a ton of work um, outside of of her running uh, to make up for it. Um, Now, the, the only exception that I will make is for triathletes. But triathletes are working that aerobic system even harder than a runner is very often in the training that they do. And so they get some gains from that that you don't get as runners. So, uh, and if you do some, and that's what Parker Valby does. She does a lot of supplementation uh, that, that helps build those systems. Um, so this gets us down to the one thing you need to know. I think this is the most important thing, bar none. And I'll, again, I'll die on this hill too. Um, there is nothing more important than consistency, period, full stop. The best runners are almost all consistent, right? Their mileage is consistent. Their work ethic is consistent. When they're supposed to run hard, they run hard. When they're supposed to run easy, they run easy. They do what they're supposed to do. They don't make excuses. They don't miss workouts. They hit their paces no matter how bad they feel. Uh, there is no substitute for consistency. You agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, even the the book that a lot of people love, Once a Runner, touches on this pr- pretty profoundly. Uh, I I can't remember the exact quote, but it's along the lines of, um, eventually Ma- the runner grows to grows to accept that it's not just one run or one week or one month or one year, but it's you know years and decades stacked on top of each other. Yep, removing the uh, the rubber off the bottom of their shoes. Yeah. The miles of trials and the trials of miles is what they called it. Yeah. 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 Good reference. I like it. Yeah. Well, this is why I run every day uh, because I know inherently now I'm not tell, I'm not saying everybody should be a streak runner and run every day, but I run every day because I know that's going to make me be consistent. Um, I will take those days 
where I run really crazy slow, um, to, to, to really back off and make it like a day. I almost, it's almost like not running. I'll run so slow sometimes. Uh, but that's, I, it's important for me to do it every day because it keeps me in the best shape I can be in. You got anything else you want to add to that list that you think uh, I missed? Along with that though, one of the things, uh, I like, and one of my college coaches would always hammer home is that progression isn't linear. It's not, you know, a straightforward path. Um, when you're in heavy training, obviously your performance is going to be down. Um, but you use rest when you're coming out of it into like a taper season when you're getting ready for big races. You know, rest is, becomes a stimulus, stimulus at that point. And, um, it benefits your, your training. So even if, you know, workouts feel a little harder than they did at the start of the block, that's probably a good thing. That means you were working hard enough. Um, and as long as you're tapering properly, you'll be, you'll be fine on race day. Great point. Great point. You know, I just illustrated that this past week. I ran that marathon this week. I was over 10 minutes slower this year than I was at the same time last year. But last year I, I was aiming for that race. I trained for that race and I, I was ready for that race and I was tapered for that race. This year I did it in the middle of a over 70 mile week. And so it was a lot different, right? Well, I yep. was slower because of that. I didn't feel good because of that. And, um, yeah, I, it goes to your point. I can't take this year's race and compare it to last year's race. They, there's not, it's, it's not the same. It's apples yep. to oranges, right? It's a good point. All right. Well, if you found this episode and you're looking for more, then you should join the Run for God Run Club. You know, I think we're busy building what may be the best training platform you'll find. For 27 cents a day, you're going to get great training plans and you're going to get a group of people who will encourage you every step of the way. We have thousands of hours of content. Um, and if you like to hear stories, we have hundreds of them. Uh, we talk about them regularly on our regular weekly Run for God Run Club podcast. So if you haven't listened to that and somehow you found this podcast, check that out. Because uh, they're great stories. We have a more of a biblical focus in that. We do everything we do. We do through the lens of faith. Um, you know, we haven't talked faith in this particular podcast, but it is through the lens of faith that we look at everything that we do. Um, and we're pretty bold about it. And we don't make any apologies for that. So uh, we would love for you to join us, no matter who you are and no matter where you are. You do not have to be a believer. We would love for you to hear some of those stories even if you're not a believer, because we believe that uh, there's power in those stories. And our goal is to keep you motivated to get out there, to get those runs in. You know, we all struggle at times, and we aim to help with those struggles. So uh, we can help you get to that next goal. So go to runforgod.com and check us out and join us today. Co, as always, I love talking running, and I love your passion for it as well. And uh, I appreciate you uh, joining me again today. So we hope that you are running with passion, just like Co and I are. And Co, uh, any last word? No. Um, I hope everybody has a good week of training. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Until next time, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light.
For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.